thank you for being a part of our church service today. It is our desire at Riverstone Church that God's Word will work in you to produce an abundant field life. To know more about the ministry or to support, visit riverstonechurch.net. May the Lord bless you today as you listen to this message. Stand with me and then we'll have a word of prayer together after we read the Word of the Lord in Acts chapter 8, beginning at verse 26 through uh, the end of the chapter. Verse 26, but an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip saying, get up and go south to the road that descends from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert road. So he got up and went and there was an Ethiopian eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all of her treasure. And he had come to Jerusalem to worship and he was returning and sitting in his chariot, and was reading the prophet Isaiah. Then the Spirit said to Philip, Go up and join this chariot. Philip ran up and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet, and said, Do you understand what you are reading? And he said, Well, how could I, unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of Scripture which he was reading was this, He was led as a sheep to slaughter and as a lamb before his shear is silent. So he does not open his mouth. In humiliation, his judgment was taken away. Who will relate his generation? For his life is removed from the earth. The eunuch answered Philip and said, Please tell me of whom does the prophet say this, of himself or someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning with this scripture, he preached Jesus to him. As they went along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, water, what prevents me from being baptized? And Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he ordered that the chariot to stop, and they both went down into the water, Philip as well as the eunuch, and he baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away, and the eunuch no longer saw him, but went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself at Azotus, and as he passed through, he kept preaching the gospel to all the cities until he came to Caesarea. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your grace and mercy today, and we thank you again for the public reading of Scripture. Lord, how blessed we are to be able to this morning in freedom enjoy the opportunity to simply have the Word of God read publicly to us. Help us, Lord, to not take that opportunity for granted. We thank you, Lord, that in this moment, on this day, your word has been read in our hearing, O God. We thank you, Lord, that your spirit is present, that we sense the touch of your mighty hand in our life, O God. And I pray, Lord, that you will help us to have understanding, Lord, that as this Ethiopian eunuch was riding along in the chariot and reading the word of the Lord, someone had to come along and give understanding by the power of the Spirit. And we pray today, God, that you would give us understanding by the power of the Spirit. It's not simply enough to read it. We must also have understanding in our life that we can live it out faithfully, that we too could go from this place rejoicing in what has happened by the power of the Holy Ghost. 
So, Lord, we pray that you would be with us today. God, we thank you for the opportunity to pray and to seek you, Lord. We thank you for these moments in your word. We pray, God, that you would guide us and lead us in your truth. We ask these things in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated. You'll recall from the message uh, last week that there was this evangelistic uh, crusade in uh, Samaria. And Philip was kind of the initiator. The Holy Spirit was truly the initiator of that. Philip was the one the Holy Spirit used in order to preach the gospel and share the message of hope in Samaria. The apostles had come down to sort of see what was going on in Samaria. And we see even while there's this conflict that arises with uh, Simon the sorcerer, and there's kind of this engagement that goes on in the previous text, what we begin seeing is this church is united around the gospel going outside of Jerusalem, it being Preach to people who haven't heard. The apostles are affirming the work in the Samaritan cities, and they were excited about what was happening. They were heading back to Jerusalem. And one of the things that we see, as we've seen throughout the book of Acts thus far, is that the Holy Spirit is sovereignly directing God's church. The Holy Spirit is moving, and God's people are following. And again, a reminder from what we shared last week, that we can't get ahead of the Holy Spirit. What we want to be as people who are discerning what God is doing so that we can move as the Spirit moves. We can go where the Spirit goes. We follow after what the Spirit is doing. And at times when we follow after the Holy Spirit, it may not always be in the place that we want, but if we're in Christ and we're following after what the Spirit is leading us to do, we will always be in the place that God desires us to be. And what we must do is trust God's plan. You and I have to trust God's plan. Sometimes we don't understand. Sometimes we don't know. But what we must do is trust the plan of the Lord. In verse 26, it says, An angel of the Lord spoke to Philip and said, Get up and go south to the road that descends from Jerusalem to Gaza. That is, get on the desert Road. So Gaza was kind of a crossroads of sorts over on the coast of, of Israel. And it was a crossroads of sorts where the, the road that uh, Philip was to go on would have sort of taken him down and out into the wilderness. And that's why it was called the Desert Road. And what we see in this instance is that God sovereignly moves Philip from the fertile soil of Samaria down to the Desert Road. And God's sovereignty and his grace, he directs Philip, leave Samaria, and now get on the desert road. Now we may think, because Samaria right now was the hot spot. Samaria was where the Holy Spirit was moving. People were coming to know Jesus. There were miracles and signs and wonders taking place in uh, Samaria. Satanic powers were being overcome. And Philip was the one who the Spirit was using to do all this. And now God says, leave Samaria. And remember, we talked about Samaria was to the north of Jerusalem. And he says, now leave this northern part Come down and go down to the desert road that leads to Gaza, which is down now to the south. So get far away from where the Spirit of the Lord is moving. 
or where the perceived place of the Spirit of the Lord is moving. The angel said, go to the desert road. This road led to the wilderness area. When we think about Philip in Samaria, Philip was in the middle of an evangelist dream. People were coming to know Jesus. People were excited. There were the miraculous signs that were happening. But God moved him in the direction of the desert. Not because it was necessarily best for Philip, but because it was best for the gospel. You see, when God sovereignly directs us and God leads us, the primary purpose is for the gospel. Now, those two things don't have to be mutually exclusive, God moving on your behalf and God moving on behalf of the gospel. But the primary purpose is that you and I would be vessels of the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so Philip was moved from the evangelistic hotspot down to the desert road. Now, Philip could have complained about being in the desert when he was used to seeing the signs and wonders and miracles, but he didn't complain. What did he do? He obeyed. When God says move, Philip moved. And in the midst of being on the desert road, Philip, he didn't stop and sit down on a rock and wonder, okay, what am I supposed to do? He didn't sit around and sulk. He didn't wonder why. What did Philip do? And verse 30 tells us exactly what Philip did. Philip ran. Philip ran in the spirit all by himself. If you're to look at verse 30, when the, verse 29, when it says the spirit said to Philip, Go up and join yourself to this chariot. What did Philip do? Philip ran up. Philip was running. Philip wasn't stopping. Philip wasn't saying, God, why did you move me? God, why did you take it away? God, why am I not there any longer? God, what are you doing? God, I don't understand. Philip was running after what God told him to run after. And the beauty sometimes of being in the desert is that it removes all the barriers See, in Samaria, the people and the crowds were pressing in. The people wanted to see more, wanted to hear more, and wanted to do more. But on the desert road, you can run. And when you're running, as we'll see a little later, you can change the world for the sake of the gospel. You see, if someone is a runner, one of the things that they're going to do or not going to do when they're running, if someone is running, what they're not going to do is run like this, are they? They're not going to have their head down, but they're going to have their eyes up on what is coming ahead. Toby, you're a runner. If you look down and you're running like that, what's going to happen? You're going to trip and you're going to fall flat on your face. But what do we often do when God removes us from the joyful experiences of life and puts us on the desert road? Sometimes we don't want to run at all, do we? Sometimes we just kind of want to sit along and wait for the Holy Spirit to come and move right where I am because I am not going to move anywhere else. God's going to move here, and God, you put me here, and until you move, I'm not moving. I'm going to sit here, and I'm going to sulk about what I've lost. 
And I'm going to talk about what it was like back then all the time. I'm going to think about what it was like back then and reminisce about the good old days when I was back in Samaria and you were working and there were signs and wonders. Keep our heads down and just looking. And what happens so often? People find themselves over and over and over again in the desert place, tripping and falling flat on their faces. But when you're on the desert road and you don't know what else to do, keep your eyes looking up. When you remember what it was like in the past and those things were wonderful in the past, because, you know, when I read the first part of Acts chapter 8, I see all the signs and wonders. I see the miraculous. I see the baptisms in the Holy Spirit. But from verse 26 on, you know what I don't see? I don't see a lot of signs and wonders. I see God miraculously directing Philip. But I don't see all that's going on in Samaria. See, a man keeping his eyes up and running after what God is calling him to do. A little over a year ago, the Lord planted a scripture in my, in my heart. And it's Isaiah 43, verses 19 and 20. It says, Behold, I'm going to do something new. Now it, will spring it up. now it will spring up. Will you not be aware of it? I will even make a roadway in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And the understanding is there. I'm going to do something new. And when it says, will you not be aware of it? The idea is it is right there in front of you. It's right there in front of you. Just do it. I'm doing something new. It's right there in front of you. You see, I wanted to take my seat and wrestle and kind of wallow a little bit. And God says, I'm doing something new. It's right there in front of you. Go and join yourself to it. And God speaks that to us as well at times because God sometimes sovereignly moves us from what we perceive as fertile soil and puts us on the desert road. On the desert road, though, and when you find yourself there, you're never alone. You're never alone on the desert road. On the desert road where Philip was running was this man in a chariot. There was someone else who was also in the desert. You see, Philip wasn't the only one in the desert. There was another man who was also on the desert road. And we know him in this story as the Ethiopian unit. He was most likely from an area that we know today as Sudan. And so this guy had come up from Sudan and he had come up to Jerusalem in order to worship. The Bible tells us that he was the treasurer for, for the queen. Now the word there, Candace, that is a title, not a proper name. It's like we would say Her Majesty the Queen. This was kind of like the Candace the Queen. So it wasn't necessarily a proper name, but this woman would have been like the queen mother, the ruling monarch of uh, what would have been known then as the Ethiopians, what we know now.
uh, the law prevented him from being able to even enter into the temple. So he would have had a high position, and he was a eunuch such that his loyalty would have been primarily to the people who he served. So he wouldn't have tried to build his own dynasty, his own lineage for his own children. He would not have had a wife. He would not have had uh, kids. And again, finding himself desiring to worship, but being prevented from being even in the temple complex because he was a eunuch. And then again, it wasn't just Philip and it wasn't just the eunuch in the desert. It was also the spirit of the Lord because God was sovereignly directing this particular evangelistic encounter. The spirit of the Lord told Philip, get up and go to the desert road. God led him there and the spirit of the Lord said, get up and go and join this chariot. God led Philip to speak specifically to the unit. See, God's spirit is at work in the desert. He's actually, in this instance, doing a bigger work than what was happening in Samaria. Philip was fulfilling the commands of Christ to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. And in our own desert experience, what you and I must realize in those times when it seems dry, in those times where we're wondering what God is doing, in those times where we're thinking, I wish it was like it was back there, that you're not the only one that's there. This morning, if you feel like you're in the desert experience, if you feel like you're on the desert road heading toward the wilderness of life, look around the room because there's probably someone else who is there as well. There's probably someone else who's going through the challenges of life, someone else who has been prevented from uh, entering in and fellowshipping with certain people, people uh, someone else who is uh, uh, experiencing their own problems, their own challenges in life. So you're never the only one in the desert but the enemy wants you to think you're the only one. Yeah, that's right. The enemy wants you to think that you're the only one who's sitting there. You're the only one who's ever experienced this before. But the times when you're in the desert are a prime opportunity to minister to someone else who's there as well. And what I've often found in ministering to people who are going through valleys, when I often go in order to encourage and to share a word of encouragement or if there's something going on in someone's life, I often am the one who steps back and say, I've been encouraged. I've been blessed by this encounter of seeing someone faithfully walk through the desert experience. We're never the only one in the desert. There are other people in the desert as well. And there's a God who's listening to us in the desert. We have to draw in and listen very closely. We see the eunuch and his traveling through the desert. He came to a place of great understanding of the word of the Lord. You see, he was reading Isaiah 53, verses 7 through 8, which talks about and points to Jesus as the suffering servant. See, that's something the eunuch could have identified with. Jesus as a suffering servant, this guy in some ways had suffered as well. He was a person of means in order to even have a scroll to be reading. But again, he wasn't allowed when he went all the way from what is today Sudan up into Jerusalem, he was not even allowed to go into the temple in order to worship that which he thought he knew. 
And imagine traveling all that way and just being able to stand outside and look at the building. Can you imagine someone today who would drive into Hollymead and would be standing over on the sidewalk just looking in because we would say, you can't come in. You're not able to worship here because you have a defect that prevents you from coming in and God will not accept you. What would that person feel like? Put ourselves in the place of this man. As a eunuch, he had this scroll out of Isaiah in which he was reading. God was sovereignly at work again because as Philip joined the chariot, the eunuch was reading the exact text, the exact passage that would naturally lend itself to preaching about Jesus. Imagine at the exact moment reading the exact spot at the right point in the road that the evangelist is running and he hears this guy reading from Isaiah talking about a suffering servant and the eunuch looks and says, who is this talking about? See, it's not just enough to read God's word. We must also have understanding of God's word. This is why we talk about digging into God's word. Being in a place where you are with other people surrounded by God's word. Because there's sometimes when we don't have the understanding. We must be willing to read and to engage with God's word. Philip opened his mouth and from the beginning of this scripture, he began to preach Jesus to him. The unit received the message. He was Baptized. You see, when someone comes to Christ, there's no prohibitions on those who desire Jesus. All are welcome if they come by faith. So the eunuch had gone to Jerusalem. He was on the road. After having a long pilgrimage, and God meets him. You see, oftentimes we think that Understanding doesn't come on the desert road, does it? We want to have understanding of what's coming. We want to be in the midst of great revivals, and I do. I want to see those things. I want to be in the midst of those things, but it's oftentimes on that desert road where we listen and God speaks to us. See, I would have thought that understanding would have come in Jerusalem where all the holy men were, where the priests were, where the scribes were, or those who sought to articulate the doctrines of the Old Testament, even where the apostles were. They had gone back to Jerusalem. You would have thought there would have gotten understanding for the eunuch there in Jerusalem in the midst of the holy city. But it was in the desert where God made what was dead alive. Where one who had no inheritance received an inheritance greater than all the treasure that he managed in Ethiopia. And for the gospel, for those who receive the gospel, there is no obstacle, whether it's physical defect, whether it is race, or whether you live far away, a person can place their hope in Jesus Christ and receive the call of Jesus on their life. You see, I believe that in uh, Deuteronomy, as, I mean, I'm sorry, in Isaiah, as 
uh, the Ethiopian eunuch was reading, and as Philip was preaching and teaching to him about this suffering servant, Jesus, that they turned the scroll a couple chapters over. And as they turned the scroll a couple chapters over, the Philip might have began to read to the Ethiopian eunuch how in Isaiah it also says that in that day when the Lord comes, even the eunuch will come into the house of the Lord rejoicing. Even him who was prevented beforehand will now come into the house of the Lord, will now be blessed by the Lord and be able to enter in. a greater understanding of God and his plan can come to us in the desert. And we also see in this passage, finally, that God, in Philip's life, he sovereignly confirms Philip's calling. In Acts 21 and 8, it's where Philip is truly identified as an evangelist, and we see that his life bears it out over and over again because an evangelist's primary responsibility is to preach and teach the gospel to those who do not know, those who have not heard. And he, Philip, he, he takes off and he goes to Samaria and he preaches to those who don't know. And when that begins to uh, kind of take off and people begin to receive the message, he's sovereignly directed into the next frontier. And when he preaches to the Ethiopian eunuch and he sends him on his way, the Bible says that he is snatched up to Azotus, which is north of Gaza on the coast. And what does he continue to do? continues to preach the gospel, continues to share the message of hope. And Luke is explaining to us in these particular passages how God is sovereignly directing the gospel to go where the Lord wants it to go. And we see it with the Ethiopian eunuch. What did he do? He went back into Ethiopia or Sudan rejoicing about what God had done and sharing that message of hope with other people. <clears throat> Philip himself goes to other places and begins to share the gospel. You see, apostles have a role, evangelists have a role, pastors have a role, teachers have a role, and God is sovereignly directing what they're doing, even by the miraculous movement of people to the places that he desires them to be. Amen. That's right. We have to respect that. There's not one of us who embodies all of the gifts not one of us who has all of the gifting that is needed for this church or this community or this area. But the Bible says that each of us have been given a gift. Each of us have been given an opportunity. The things that God is stirring you in your heart, the things that God is calling you to do, the things that God is speaking to you are necessary and needed for this time. See, there was a necessity for the, the apostles to come down into Samaria. There was a necessity for evangelists to go and to begin to push the frontier of the gospel. And then there was a necessity within that for teachers to begin to be raised up, to begin to share the message of hope and to teach it out in a systematic way. There was a need for pastors to come along and to be able to now pastor the flocks that were part of the kingdom. See, there was a role for all of us to play. And one of the things when we see this passage, we cannot deny the sovereignty of God to direct the work of his church. And we must be a people who are consistently praying and listening to God's voice. Yes. Yes. We have to be a people who are consistently praying and listening to God's voice. So you may not always find yourself in the place that you want, 
But if you are in Christ, you are in the place that God desires you to be. We must trust the plan of God. Amen. Amen. Stand with me and let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we come before you today and thank you for your graciousness and mercy in our lives, Lord. God, we know that you are doing a work for your glory. And so we pray, God, that you would help us as your people to walk faithfully no matter where we find ourselves, in the midst of great, awesome, miraculous revivals or even on the desert road, ministering to hundreds, maybe even thousands of people or ministering to one. The faithfulness to minister to one in this case opened the door for the gospel on an entire continent. It was your plan to fulfill your word. For the gospel to go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world. And truly in that day, this Ethiopian represented the uttermost part of the world. And as he was in his chariot, traveling on the desert road, as he was rejoicing in the newfound hope that now there was no limitation, where before he was told he was limited, where before he was told he couldn't, now he was welcomed in. God, I pray you will help us in the midst of revival, in the midst of the desert, to be obedient and faithful, to fulfill our callings, to fulfill our roles in you, Lord Jesus. So God, we rejoice in you today and we thank you, Lord Jesus, for your presence. God, I pray we would commit ourselves to you anew. We thank you for it. We love you, Jesus. We praise you this morning. In your name, we ask these things. Amen. Amen. Let's sing together. Thank you for being a part of Riverstone Church. I hope today's message encouraged you to take a step closer to Christ. If there is anything we can pray for or talk with you about, please visit our website at riverstonechurch.net. May the Lord bless you this week and may you walk in all of his promises and plans for your life.